0: Hello, welcome to the Revive for the Journey podcast, where we give you this week's message from Cove Church. We pray that it blesses you and helps you grow deeper in your journey with Christ. Enjoy. Well, hello, Cove Church. So great to be with you again today. I've missed you. Uh, It's been a little while since I've I've got to be in this particular seat today. And uh, first off, with that in mind, I'd love to just offer thanks to, to all of our guests and speakers who over the last few weeks have allowed Paul and I to go on our summer vacation. And it also allowed me to do some work uh, with the church planting organization that I lead. So uh, just grateful to all of them. I'm grateful for the kindness that uh, those friends offer to me and to our church. And it is a gift that truly makes a profound difference. Uh, Appropriately, it is that very subject of kindness that brings us together today as we gather around what we're calling the table of kindness. Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote this, You cannot do kindness too soon, for you never know how soon it will be too late. There's so much truth there, but included is the idea that kindness is found in the doing, the doing today, the acting, the moving from an idea to reality. When that happens, kindness actually becomes a powerful agent of change. You know, we once, uh, when we lived in Redmond, we banked with a horrible bank. Uh, it was just a bad. Bank. Their policies were crazy and and weird. There was so much bureaucracy and red tape anytime you tried to do anything. There was weird fees. Uh, they wouldn't even let us move money from our savings account to our checking account. And I remember asking why. They're like, well, it's it's like a national security risk if you do that. <laughs> like really? When I move 20 bucks from savings to checking, this is a national security risk. Yes, it's national security risk. So things like that. Uh, stuff that didn't make any sense. But I stayed, we stayed with that bank the entire time that we lived there. And it was for one reason. One of the main tellers at the bank was kind to me. (laughs) She made me feel like I was valuable as a person. I I felt cared for, I felt like, like she was invested in my life. We stayed at that bank all that time simply because of the power of kindness. Kindness is the effort to keep what would logically be lost. Kindness calls us to be more in a world that constantly calls us to give less. Kindness is the action of grace. So if I have received grace in my life, kindness must then emerge from my life. So today we engage in a story and a table that invites us to that very thing. Our story includes a king and a man with a funny name. And the king's name is David. Maybe you've heard of him. The man's name is Mephibosheth. In fact, right where you are, say it with me. Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. Gazunta. Good job. David's been through a lot here where we pick up this story. He's been through a war with the previous king, Saul. Eventually, Saul was killed along with David's best friend, Jonathan, who was Saul's son. Through that tumult and all those crises, finally, the kingdom is at peace. And we see David in a moment of reflection. And he says this, 2 Samuel, Is there anyone left of the house of Saul? that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. The cry of David's heart was to show kindness. I wonder if that's what made him a man after God's heart. We're told told that's who David was, a man after God's heart. Uh, we, We know it wasn't because of his pristine record that he did everything perfect, but at least included in that heart for God was a heart bent on showing kindness. So David asked the question, how can I show kindness to Jonathan's house? Now that's a bit tricky because it was also the house of his enemy, Saul, who he had gone to war with. And kings usually were not that kind to those they had gone to war with, (laughs) but he wanted to. Eventually, David got his answer. They said, yeah, there there actually is still someone out there that is part of Jonathan's family. There is a son of Jonathan. They said his name is Mephibosheth, and he's crippled in both feet. Now, why was he crippled? Well, the story is told as to why in 2 Samuel chapter 4. Mephibosheth was five years old when he found out that his grandfather, Saul, had died in this war with David, as his father had Jonathan. And in those days, when you got a new regime, when the, the kingdoms fought, and finally the new king got in power, what they would do is they would wipe out the family of the old king. That's how you kind of stayed in power, get rid of all the possible problems. That's what you would do. And so they knew that. And so when they got news that Saul was dead... Mephibosheth is five years old he's just a little boy and his nurse his person kind of you know his nanny person who is taking care of him picks him up to flee to safety and in the process of fleeing she trips and they both fall and he falls in such a way that it breaks both his legs permanently never to be healed again he never walk again from that moment now we pick up the story Where's Mephibosheth? Uh, They um, they find him. He's now a grown man. He's in a place that no one ever would want to live. It's called Lo Debar. No, that's not the 80s soul singer. That's El Debarge. No, this is Lo Debar. Uh, Lo Debar means no pasture. He's living in the last place anyone would ever look for him. Think of Luke Skywalker on the planet Tatooine. You know, they're saying the empire won't find him here. This is where we'll put him, way out there on the outer rim. That's what Mephibosheth has gone through. He's now a grown man. He's crippled. He's living in a place of desolation, a place of isolation, a place of despair. And what does King David say to all of that? Here's what he says. Go get him. Go get him, bring him out of that place. Now that is a key for us to hear today, especially if you might feel like you're in a place of of desolation. Maybe you feel like you're in a place of isolation. Maybe you're in a place of despair. Maybe you feel like in some way you're living in Lodabar. Guess what? The King of Kings is coming to get you. God is in pursuit of you today in that place pursuing you with his kindness. That's what God did, or that's what David did with Mephibosheth. That's what the king did, and that is what the king of kings does with us. It must have been a very interesting day for Mephibosheth. You know, he's crippled in both feet. He's living like he's in a witness protection program. He's like a refugee in Lodabar, and he hears a knock on the door. And he opens it to see David's soldiers. The king wants to see you. Whew. I cannot imagine that that felt like good news to him. Mm-mm. Mephibosheth was just thinking, I'm done. That's it. They have found me here. I'm cashing in my chips. I've popped my clogs. I'm going home in a box. That's it. But he went with them. He had no choice. They take him to the king. He enters the throne room and immediately throws himself down in front of the King David, asking for mercy. And it's almost like you can see King David come and lift up his chin, perhaps even help him up, put him back onto his crutches, saying, I didn't bring you here to show you my vengeance, I brought you here to show you my kindness. Here's David's response. Don't be afraid, he said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. (laughs) It's like a Willy Wonka turn of events. Mephibosheth thought for sure it was over, but now he's getting the whole chocolate factory. It's like, whoa, how's that happening? Can you imagine that? Yes, you get the land and yes, you get forgiveness, but you're also, you're invited to the table of the king. I mean, picture that. Uh, to, to hear the, the, the grand dinner bell being rung and there's the gathering in the banquet hall. Here's the, the family and the most trusted friends of King David begin to file in one by one. You see him, Amnon comes in first. He's he's so clever, the studious one, the one who who knows the books, who knows how to handle the the intricacies of kingdom life. He comes and has a seat at the table. Then there's Joab, the the general, the leader of the king's armies. He walks tall after years of military experience. He's almost always at salute. Walks to a seat and sits. Next is Absalom, spinning image of his father, David, handsome, almost a perfect specimen. He has a seat. And then here comes Tamar, beautiful daughter of the king. It's almost like she floats to her seat at the table. In later years, you would see Solomon come to that table, young Brilliant, slipping from his studies to join the king at his table. They've all gathered around. These are the king's beloved. And then you'd hear it. Down the hall, clump, clump slide. Clump, clump, slide. Clump, clump, slide. The sound of crutches and the slide of legs no longer able to bear weight. Thump, thump, slide. Clump, clump, slide. And then Mephibosheth enters the room. He shuffles over to a seat, smiles humbly at the others gathered, and takes his own seat at the table of the king. He takes his seat among the king's children. And the tablecloth of grace covers his broken feet. That's what happens when we find our way to the table of kindness. That people from every place in life, every possible background, from every possible brokenness, every person can receive this gift that every person is invited to a seat at the table of the king, the table of kindness. And we come to that table not because we earn our way there, not because we're good enough, not because our merits made it possible. No, we come to that table simply because the king wanted to show us kindness. Each one of us comes to that table like Mephibosheth, limping, broken. But the good news is that the king has it in his heart to show us kindness, to show us grace, which means each and every one of us, friend, each of us has a seat at that table. So the question for us is this, what is keeping me from sitting at the table with the king? Is it fear? Is it anger? Is it doubt? Is it uncertainty? What is keeping me from taking my seat at the table with the king? Those places of loneliness and isolation that we impose on ourselves, those places where we too are choosing to live in low debar, God's invitation today is would you leave that place and come to the table? Of kindness. Come to his table, friend. There's room for all. There's room for you. You know, today is a little bit different because I really want to draw out the application of this message by, by really engaging in this concept. That just as David had it in his heart to show us kindness, to show kindness to Mephibosheth, he wanted to show kindness to a particular family, to a particular person, would we allow our time at God's table to lead us to do the same? This weekend in our our live services, our in-person services, we will be talking around a table to various ministry leaders at our church, people who are showing God's kindness to many in our church, to many in our community. And as a response, we are going to be inviting our church family to find their way to the table. To, yes, receive God's kindness, but also to find their place in giving it away. Really to ask the question and identify the ministry that God has called us to invest our lives into, to to join a ministry team, to take our seat at the table because God's kindness is both received and given away. And so for you, our our online community, there are ways for you to connect that are very, very real. You can be part of our online prayer ministry and, and lifting up prayers to minister to the needs of others. You can connect in giving, you can encourage someone through Facebook or through just a simple email. For those who don't live in our area, there are so many ministries, I know in your town, where you're at, that would love to have you join them at their table. Ministries that address the needs of the homeless community or foster care or recovery ministry or youth ministry, the list goes on and on. So many places to join God's table of kindness, to take our seat there. The question is, will you? Will you take your seat at the table of kindness? My encouragement is, would you ask God today to direct you to the chair at the table that God's prepared for you? Each of us can find God's kindness at this table, but we are then called to give that kindness away friend, don't stay in Lodabar. Don't stay isolated. Don't stay separated. Don't stay in that place of no pasture, that place of no growth, of no real life. Instead, watch God do amazing things as you sit down at God's table of kindness, as you sit down at the table of the King. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. To stay connected with all things Cove Church, visit our website, covechurchpnw.com or on all social media platforms at Cove Church PNW. We'll see you next time.